episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce So me today is Kokasat. Hello, everyone. Yes. Ready to spend all of our money on having double games now. Double games? What is that? <laughs> You'll see. Oh, boy. Yeah, since so Scott's just enjoying having top billing, or, uh, yeah, second billing, technically, uh, because <laughs> top for the co-host, because I am the host, of course, but uh, Wario Will is still off in Malaysia, and so we have brought in our dear friend and owner of the Outer Haven, Koopa Keith. Yeah, I'm here again. <clears throat> My voice keeps going in and out, so I do apologize for that. It's all right. So uh, we have a very fun show for you today with lots of news and a very interesting main event. But let's get all started off with what have you been playing? Keith, since you haven't been on the show in a while, why don't you regale? This space. Okay, this space. then. <laughs> Nothing on. but How this space. You? This space you make it all I'm playing. <laughs> I actually haven't had a, a number of games, but mainly Fire Emblem Engage is the main one that I keep going back to, luckily. But I've also turned on my PS3 the last few days, <laughs> making sure it still works and playing a few games I've actually found, like the original Neptunia trilogy. Yeah, I saw you make a post on Twitter about, or was it Twitter? No, it was in Discord. Yeah, Discord. I was actually like really happy about it because I found a copy of the second game, which is probably one of my favorites, because it brought in a lot of the stuff that turned Neptunia into what it is. Um, basically... It was brand new. It was sealed. It's still in its original shrink wrap. And it was only $19.99. And I was like, this is mine. And so then I bought okay. it. <laughs> it was mine. Dot, dot, dot. Mine, I tell you. <laughs> All right, but I want to go back to Keith. So I'm guessing you've been enjoying the Dead Space remake? Oh, yes, please. So much. So much. Loving it. It's it's an amazing remake. It's a one-for-one one remake. They rebuilt it from the ground up. Brand new audio system, brand new gameplay, uh, gameplay, combat mechanics, new side quests, better visuals, voice acting. It's amazing. They even took elements from Dead Space 2 and put it into the game. Yeah. I did it's... hear there were some improvements like to make Isaac a more fleshed out character. Oh, yeah. He's, he's no longer a silent protagonist like he was in the original one. Yeah. But in the second one, he was, he, he was voiced. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's so good. See, I, I find it so ironic that Dead Space is doing so well when the people who, who who when some of the people behind the original Dead Space made the Callisto Protocol and that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's the whole thing is is really ironic because, like you mentioned, Glenn Schofield, uh, the co-creator, father of Dead Space, went on to make it his own studio because EA pretty much killed Visual Studios a while back. So he wanted to make a new game in Dead Space, but he couldn't because EA owned the license Dead Space. So he wanted to make a spiritual successor to Dead Space. And then it's kind of funny, after a couple of months of them hey, we're making this game, hey, check it out. EA was like, hmm, maybe we should bring Dead Space back after the guy he helped make the game is gone. <laughs> like, really, EA? That's really On paper, it really shouldn't work. <laughs> it's almost as if EA likes to do dick moves. Heaven forbid. But it's so good. It's, I mean, this is right now my game of the year. Literally, hands down. I'm waiting to see how Resident Evil 4 remake does. Kind of funny. Uh, how we're, yeah. we're waiting for these remakes to come out, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But right now, this is my game of the year. 
He says one month into the year. <laughs> it's well, so good. Well, it's in so that good. Case, my current game of the year is Fire Emblem Engage. <laughs> Not just because it's the only new game I've played this year, but because it's that engaging, dang it. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. I've heard a lot of praise for this. Dead oh, by the way, when I when um that review went up and it were posted on Twitter, somebody was like, so Keith, <laughs> Who uh, who approved that uh, that uh, that headline for that article? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, me, 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 you mean my quite engaging indeed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always I always try and, and uh, have a, have a fun little thing, especially when I really really like the like it. So I had to work it engage. I had something else, but I wasn't going to change it. Well, I just issue. Well, what were we going to do? Are we engaged yet? <laughs> Oh, oh, or how about, are you not engaged? See? Exactly. Like a full gladiator. Are you not engaged? That would have worked. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I have been, of course, been playing Fire Emblem Engage. I finally beat the game. It took me exactly, exactly 41 hours. I'm talking when I beat the game, final credits, and there's a little stinger at the end, and... Right when I said, like, the final save, it was exactly 41 hours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure 10 of those hours was just me on the Somnail. So, <laughs> just, just I mean, petting Sami. <laughs> petting Sami, talking to everyone, collecting like my one millionth thing of nuts, which is not a euphemism. Uh, better than the horse manure you randomly find. I, wow. I, I, I really you find that in the game? I can't <laughs> mean to look that up. Does the horse manure do anything? I have no idea. I know I, it hurts I, relationships, but I don't know what's the point of it. Okay, I am looking that up. What does the... Because I meant to look it up before my review, but I never got a chance. What does the horse manure do in Fire Emblem Engage? And I'll talk about my review. Okay, while it doesn't provide stat benefits, it does create some interesting reactions. That's that's what it does. Okay. Every character, every character has unique responses to you giving them horse manure, most of which is just disgust over or shock over the bizarre presence. <laughs> it's just for the lols. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and this actually ties into my review because one thing I noted was that Fire Emblem Engage as a whole does really interesting things in terms of like the really small details whether it was the visuals the animation some of the gameplay features sami is a great example um and of course the emblem rings and i liked it and then other details just don't work like uh the tower trials i don't i never did them i did, I did the tempest trials once and it was just a waste of my time and you're supposed to get like these stat boosts for your emblems i never needed them not once and this is just an example. Like, did we really need you to focus so much on the horse manure? Because <laughs> you collect so dang much. There's so much. I was just like, I just want to get more pretty pebbles, dang it. Exactly, or spirit gems. Yeah, what are the two of those two things? Yeah. It's just like, oh, you found another thing of horse manure. I have like seven of these things. What do they do? Yeah. I, I, was... I gave one away to see what it did, and it just got someone angry at me. I'm like, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> and that, that was the point. That's what you're supposed to do, apparently. And I, I'm sorry, that's kind of stupid. Especially when you, you hear some of my critiques of the game, which I'll get to. But uh, overall, I really, really liked it. Uh, it had some really strong... Uh, it had a really strong story, despite some kind of tropey elements, which I don't want to spoil, because I know Scott's not uh, as far as I am. Uh... But by which I mean, I say he's not even halfway done. I am now over halfway done. I'm on chapter 16. Thank you very okay, much. I am proud. I am <laughs> proud. If only you put that kind of effort in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> wow. Sorry, three. I meant three. Uh, I have on the last chapter that I just. Will you know... hasn't even finished two, so I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, that's just the truth. 
but uh <laughs> but yes uh i don't want to spoil too much because he's gonna be getting into like the really deeper and darker chapters soon enough yeah because uh, will... we're about to do all the fun fail dragon stuff basically yeah I, I I will say that I had a lot I had a lot of fun. A lot as me and Scott noted last week, we really loved the emblem rings. They they were always incredibly useful, but never OP, which could have been so easy for them to do. It's like you're unstoppable. No, <laughs> not really. Like, Made chapter eleven annoying though, and they're just like, now you only have one of them again. It's like, oh, yeah. great. So, so, that, <laughs> so, so that was that big twist I was teasing last time. Where it was like, because the, the way the story starts, and this is small spoilers, is that you slowly build up your en emblem ring arsenal, and you're like, okay, we're going to do like whatever, however many chapters, and then by the end of those chapters, we'll have all the rings. Well, no, because you lose them all, and then you have to start from scratch. And I love <laughs> that, because that makes you less reliant on them, and you have to build up your team more, and then you slowly get them all again. So I, I did appreciate that. Yeah, it made me focus actually on working a lot more on the class system, which was probably a good thing because I just kind of ignored the class system. <laughs> just basically like the people with emblems matter; everyone else can just heal. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, they, they they did a great job of balancing the level design. I felt was incredible, and you'll you'll see some of the the best levels later on in the game, Scott. But they even if they even though they didn't have a lot of uh differentiating goals so like most of the levels are you know defeat this person and blah 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 yeah make sure that every level is difficult and differently arranged you're never just on an open plane you're in a castle you have to go to different rooms you have to you know protect one area otherwise you're gonna get swarmed and then you move out they make sure every level feels special yeah it's one of the reasons why i've been focusing a lot actually on chloe because she can basically just go everywhere so i'm just like yeah just chloe. put you as the front lines of everything yeah. <laughs> so I very, I very much enjoyed that, and even in the final boss levels, which I will not spoil. Um, okay, actually, I will spoil because Grima comes out. Of no, 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 because I'm going to be playing that next. That was a joke. Grima's from Awakening. He, there's no. It's, the there's no Grima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a joke because Grima's also the Bell Dragon. So anyway, or uh, was no, or, was. or he was, but I mean, technically, he still exists in the timeline somewhere. But, uh, sure, I mean, it's Fire Emblem timeline. We don't care. No, <laughs> you will care by the end. I, I guarantee you that. But, oh, fun. Um, but yeah, they, they do a really great job of explaining things, including uh, you know the, the true purpose of the emblems. I loved when the emblems got to talk with one another because it's like you, you never see that outside of Heroes. Uh, also, hashtag, this is my multiverse of madness. <laughs> There's multiple shots where I took a screenshot and I'm like, yep, that's my multiverse of madness, baby. So, screw that. <laughs> Uh, also, and I know this is going to be a bit of a shock here to those who haven't played the game. Me. They actually explain Alier's hair. There's a reason! <laughs> I know, right? Because, like, what's the first thing everybody said when they saw Alier? Like, oh my gosh, it's a VTuber. Like, you know, like, what's with the Pepsi Cola hair? <laughs> There's a reason! The Colgate. Colgate. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason. It actually works. I'm like, okay then. Yeah. Also, I do need to take back a statement I made last time. I uh, and this is, I guess, a spoiler, but it's not—it's not a meaningful one per se. Uh, I said last week that uh, you do not have the ability to marry anyone. I was wrong. The difference is that they don't overtly tell you that you oh, have. Oh, this is deja vu, Scott. <laughs> wait, wait, what happened? What did you guys talk about this before? Yeah, we talked about this in spectator mode. Oh, 
<laughs> well, for those who don't listen to Spectator Mode, also, why aren't you listening to Spectator Mode? Listen to all the podcasts on Outer Haven. But Seriously, yeah. this is the mall. They're all great podcasts. Yes. All of them. We, we, we yes. put a lot into these. We really do. Uh, but yes, for, for those of you who didn't listen to that, you can get married in Fire Emblem Engage. It's just they don't overtly tell you. In the past games, like with Fates and Awakening and such, they showed you S marks to the characters that you could marry, which is why Cordelia fans are forever angry because Crom wouldn't marry Cordelia, even though she was the perfect match in the movie. Not bitter, not bitter at all. But Tell me how you really feel. Yeah, oh, right? Are, you, are, you, are you really upset? <laughs> tell us how mad you are. She's so great! I'm sorry! Okay, and then when I had Robin marry her, almost out of pity, I, did, I totally like Cordelia, but still, like, she says, you know, I, I'm a, she literally tells Robin, you know, I want to, I'm in love with another, but then she realizes, like, you know, what? I'm never going to get with that guy, so I might as well get with you. And I'm like, yes! Be with someone who actually can see you and adore you like, for how great that you are. Anyway, but in this game, they don't tell you that there's any potential marriages. They just don't. And so that's why I thought, and many other thought, it, uh, before I uh, got to that point in the game, I saw multiple articles say, like, you know, you can't marry anybody. But you can. It's just you have to complete this very specific task. And then you will be able to marry literally anyone you want. Oh, anyone. So we, yeah. we, ha we have no just heterosexual going on is what no, you're saying. Well, apparently in three houses, there were same gender marriages. It's just I never took that path with my yeah. with my bylaws, which is fine. It was just a choice because obviously I had to marry Catherine and uh, Marianne and Manuel and all of them. Uh, <laughs> no, not Man oh, uh, Dorothea. Dorothea and Mercedes and all them. But uh, Shia, of course. Uh, there was a lot of great ladies in Three Houses, okay, but uh, no, you you can give the you can give the the ring that you will get to anyone in the game. It's literally just take your pick, or so I'm told. So, but yeah, that that was uh, that was certainly interesting. And uh, for those wondering, I chose Princess Ivy because that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> okay, oh, that's an interesting remark there, Scott. <laughs> Are you saying I'm predictable, or that Ivy is just that great? I mean, Ivy is great, but I think I'm still a fan of uh, La Peace. Really? Now, that's an interesting pick. For for me, it was either Ivy or Chloe. I... Chloe is great. Like, Chloe she'd be my second great. pick, but I also might just do that just because she is right now my, like, powerhouse. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's one of my powerhouse. I have her with Leaf, and she, she's just great. But, yeah, so the game is great. My biggest complaints for that... Uh, they did get a bit tropey in the story at times, including with some of the big story twists, which I will not spoil. Um, it did feel at times that the thumbnail was just getting a bit repetitive. You know, go around, talk to everybody, you know, collect all the items that you find. Some are good, some are horse manure. Um, <laughs> some of the things just didn't work, um, like like with the, with the uh, tower trials. And there was something else I really wanted to talk about. Well, let, me, let me look it up. Uh, it really wasn't anything like game breaking. Oh, that was the graphics. Okay, so ninety percent of the time, I'm being generous there. Ninety percent of the time, the graphics like shine. Like I love the visual style. It really, it really pops, and it's great. And then other times, with multiple characters, their hair clips through their bodies in the most obvious ways in some of the most important points of the story. I mentioned it last week with a clan. His hair. In the beginning of the game, it easily clips through his chest. And I'm like, okay, you might have been able to miss that because the hair is always swaying. Okay, fine. There's a later level with Marth. And Marth, of course, has that popped collar. His cheek 
goes right through the collar and you could see like the cheek poking out and i'm like how did nobody notice that <laughs> and then there's two other characters who have these this very long set of hair and they're in a position where the hair is moving and it like repeatedly and constantly clips through the center of their bodies i'm like how does no one notice this like it's not as bad as pokemon scarlet and violet i gotta make that clear but it's so dang noticeable i mean like come on i mean sometimes they just limitations or they just you know what it's good enough i mean i've seen plenty of games where there are things that are completely awkward it's like you know that doesn't look right but they're like you know what it's fine enough it's done ship it we don't care who's gonna notice <laughs> this right i mean it's not like who's gonna, gonna take the time to notice game. the hair clipping <laughs> i will i was a horror <laughs> QA tester it was my job <laughs> so but overall uh the game was fun great voice acting i i, I actually found a article detailing some of the past or some of the famous voices in the game and the voice of yunaka is the voice of catherine from three houses and i'm like what wow that okay not catch that there was like one reference to her in the game during one of the sleep sessions uh highly recommend those if you haven't done it scott but it's like i didn't catch it and then all of a sudden it's like oh no that's that's catherine i'm like wait what (laughs) catherine was awesome and i liked yunaka yunaka was one of my best units uh but like dang so i gave the my review is up on the site i gave it a four out of five i it's not my favorite fire emblem game but it's one that really loves the, it clearly loves the franchise it's, a, it's very much along the line of heroes but with a console form and I'll, I'll probably write an opinion piece later on that this game enforces that we need to get all of the japanese only games to america yes I, please <laughs> i need my i need my genealogy of the holy war especially after the big role sigurd played i need to ha- play thracia 776 give me mystery of the emblem let's just complete the set why not at this point like, <laughs> you should have had it already I'm, I'm sorry especially with the popularity of the switch and fire emblem after three houses and maybe they are working on the genealogy reboot or remake because everyone keeps saying it's coming it, it hasn't but they keep saying it's coming so yeah but yeah four out of five i really like this game it was a lot longer than i expected i was expecting maybe around 30 hours but it went 41 for me you could easily do more if you do grinding i never really had to because I, I i was able to pass through the game simply enough but uh yeah really fun and uh I won't tease the, I won't uh, spoil the ending, but they kind of tease the some of the DLC content. I can't confirm that because I don't know what the content's going to be in for. But we were wondering about the what they call the Fell Paralog or the Xenolog. And oh. I have a feeling I know what it is now based on something that was said at the end of the game. And I looked it up because no one knew what was going on there with a certain phrase. But uh, it might be teasing what's coming in the future, so definitely play it to the end, and you might have a tease of what's coming up with the DLC. So. Fingers crossed. Or the next game. It's po- Both are possible here. So, very fun title. Really glad I played it. Very much worth the time. And yes, it was quite engaging indeed. You could say that I looked at the game and went, engage. <laughs> That's All right, John Luke. It's like, oh, great, hot. <laughs> very well. Number one, do you have any other gaming suggestions? <laughs> oh, boy, like, I shouldn't have started that. <laughs> regretting that now. Uh, yeah, I was like, Q, what are you doing here? Oh, mon capitan, how could I not be here for your podcast? <laughs> Star Trek TNG for life, all right. Uh, all right, well, if you guys are done, then I say we head to the news because of a lot. we have a lot of things to talk about. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, rumors. 
because why not at this point? All right. Yes, the it's our it's only a few days into February, and guess what? There's even more Nintendo Direct rumors. You don't say. Yeah, I do say because <laughs> I am the host and my word is law. <laughs> Okay, but seriously, though, there are multiple reports from credited sources, unlike that Legend of Zelda rumor, a uh, direct rumor, if you recall that, from January. But yes, uh, Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb and other people are saying that we are just days away from a possible... Uh, mm. I know. I, I, will not, I, I will not believe until Nintendo says it, because we have <clears> burned <throat> before. Switch Pro. <clears throat> it's coming. Sure it is, buddy. Never coming. <laughs> I will never forget when Bloomberg was the one saying that it was going to come last year. Like I, that's Bloomberg. That's Everyone like... was on board as soon as Bloomberg decided yeah. to write the article about it. I mean, we weren't. Like we were like, no, that's not happening. Nintendo is <laughs> one of those companies that you know, like, it's happening when when we say it's happening, and, yeah. and not until then. Exactly. Yeah, because they slash things pretty quick, pretty frequently <laughs> before it gets to. An actual uh, module to actually describe things. Yeah. And I love how Nintendo's like, look, it's not happening. It's totally happening. Look, <laughs> we told you it's not happening. You're just covering up with the leak. It's like, they're okay. <laughs> they, they pull a bo- the fans and critics pull a Ron Burgundy. I don't believe you. <laughs> so I've been using that meme a lot recently. It's been, it's been nice. Uh, so, yes, but uh, allegedly the direct, according to these sources, will come out on the 7th, which is a Tuesday. I can see that. Uh, usually, they come in between like Tuesday to Friday, depending on the day. They never happen on the weekends. Like No, they do know, not. never happen on the weekends. So if it happens on a weekday, yeah, obviously, they have to happen on the weekend. But, but if it happens within certain weekdays, I totally believe it. So, But we shall see. But as always, until it's announced, don't believe it. Because, again, I just got done talking about how many rumors said that the Genealogy of the Holy War remake is uh, is coming, and it never has. Is it so much to want to watch Sigurd get lit on fire? I'm just saying. Also, <laughs> also apparently he references that in Engage. He goes, I have my own experience with fire. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. I, 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 I'll ask you to tell the story, but I'm sure it's a sick burn. Oh! Ouch. Yeah, I know. Also, seriously, Sigurd was handled so well in the game. All the all the emblem characters were handled well. I, I really appreciated how they handled them. So, uh, but anyway, uh, but yes, ho- hopefully we'll have one next week, if not this month. Also, there are a lot of people thinking that the Pokemon Presents will happen this year again because the last two years have been on uh, February twenty seventh, which is officially Pokemon Day. I don't that I can't confirm that obviously, but if I was to guess it will happen, and then we'll get the DLC announcement for uh, Scarlet and Violet. We'll yeah, see. that's probably I think a safe bet if it does happen. Because I remember, I remember them doing the DLC announcement for Sword and Shield about the same time, like you know, six month period after they release. That's where they announced the Isle of Armor and the, the Crown Tundra. So it would fit their timetable, and obviously they probably were working on the DLC before launch. So. Which ex- which further explains the quality of the game. <laughs> also, I'm going to break the fourth wall here, ladies and gentlemen. I just got a notification on my computer that said a certain someone is playing Dead Space right now. I totally am. <laughs> <laughs> That's so me. I'm actually doing I'm doing an exploit to get some money before they patch it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's time sensitive. You're, you're, you're forgiven. <laughs> you're forgiven. 
And while, while he, speaking of exploit for money, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch Online vouchers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. Talk yeah. about that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, oh, we will. Oh, we will. We, <laughs> we will. shall. In fact, I will not. I refuse, but Scott shall. <laughs> Take it away. Alrighty, so the Nintendo decided to do a new voucher program that's also still not new. It's something that they did in the past prior, but they're bringing back to, I guess, the North America regions that if you can, as a Nintendo Switch online user, if you have like your paid membership, you can buy a digital game voucher in pairs of two. And they cost $99.99 for two vouchers. And you can use these vouchers to get any game that's a select Nintendo game on top of the voucher. So essentially, it's 100 bucks for two games instead of paying, I guess, 120 bucks for two games if you get them full price. Which I wouldn't recommend getting games at full price, by the way, unless it's new. <laughs> I don't have to worry about buying games at full price. Right, Keith? <laughs> what does that mean? Are you pirating games or something? Something I, you want to I, tell me? I know not what you speak of. <laughs> Yar. Yar. Also, I was referring to how he buys me review copies. I'm just saying. Because Nintendo won't give us the copies anymore. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> leakers. And then, and, then, and then when they do, it's like either day of or it just randomly. Ca- like, remember when we got Splatoon 2 early? They keep doing that. They keep doing that crap. It'd be nice if we had a consistent basis for it, but like, like you, like you were mentioning, <laughs> they'll give it to us the day of, like five or six o'clock, which is why I wait now. It's like just wait, Todd, just wait. Or sometimes the day after, the day after I've already purchased it. Oh, hey, here's a game. Like, and I go on Discord and I go, son of a, and I just go. So we have we have an extra copy of the game now. Thanks, guys. So my my personal favorite. I know Keith is still a little bitter about this, but is what happened with the uh, Neo. The world ends with you. Remember that, Keith? No, I'm actually still upset with um. What was the game that came out before Fire Emblem? Pokemon. Uh, yes. Yeah, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Yeah, and they sent us a copy like the day after I bought it. I'm like, you. <laughs> oh, oh, they did do that. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Like, oh, there's a copy of Scarlet in here. Thanks, guys. Well, that just means that now you get to play Scarlet. No. <laughs> Yes, now you can experience all the bugs and glitches for yourself. <laughs> I saw those glitches. Yeah, I'll just They're wait so till somebody fixes them and I'll play them on my Steam Deck. Oh, no, no joke. No joke. Another, uh, another, uh, per, uh, Nintendo of Canada, which I didn't know was a thing. Nintendo of Canada's head made another apology about the bugs and said that there will be fixes soon. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> like, I don't know if a Pokemon game has ever had performance patches not like this i mean uh, there's obviously going to be glitches and yeah like that just happens like mass effect i remember mass effect 2 i had a bug where i was doing a mission on terminus and a commander shepherd like did like the you know the the combat cover behind a pillar and all of a sudden he gets caught into the pillar and he starts rising up into the air And I had to restart the mission because I couldn't get out of the dang pillar. <laughs> now, I'm not going to play Bioware for that because that's a random glitch that <laughs> happens every time. But, like, the clipping and everything, we've already talked we talk about this a lot, but, like, Game Freak uh, should have had more time to do this. Uh, and, and the Pokemon Company clearly rushed it out. So, that's on them. Anyway. But, yeah, the, po- the voucher thing is just weird. Like, 
I, I uh, this is one of those, this is another one of those things where Nintendo thinks it's doing something really clever and it's like not. So yeah, if you use it, wonderful. <laughs> Most of us will not. I probably won't use it, especially because I don't get games until it's either discounted, which luckily the Switch is doing a lot better recently with discounts. They used to, well, they still are not the best with having discounts on their sales. Yeah, but Nintendo is infamous for how it <laughs> handles its sales. Like it, like just won't. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that we had a decent Black Friday sale with Nintendo this past year. So I assume that that means it's going to start getting better going forward with at least their sales when they do happen. No, that's bait. That's how they lure you <laughs> in, man. Mad Max, that's bait. I'm, I'm in full meme mode today. Man. That is but... one of my favorite memes. <laughs> that's bait. That. That's bait. I mean, I know Charlize Theron gets all the praise that she deserves for that movie, but like Tom Hardy did well as Mad Max. Like, <laughs> he, he delivered. That's all we needed from him. All right. Uh, next up. Okay, this is a funny story. So if you haven't watched The Last of Us, Keith, um, on HBO, you should. I have broken, Waiting. I know, Waiting. I know. I broke my binge rule just because I was just I was curious about how it would have, I've never played the game. I'll probably play the game after the season is done. But because uh, by then it'll be on PC. Uh, That's the hope. That, no, <laughs> no, it's coming out March 23rd on PC. Is it? I don't know. Oh, wait, I'm thinking about I'm thinking The Last of Us Part 2. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing that one. I've heard too many bad things from Will. Yes. That's right, Will. I actually listen to you. <laughs> or do I? Anyway, but uh, the, the, the third episode just came out, and it was a focus. It was the, the biggest divergence from the main story of the game because they basically retold an entire character's story to make it fit the world in a better way. And it starred Nick Offerman, who you likely know from uh, Parks and Recreation. And... It was a stirring episode, brilliant performances, and so he he's already getting like Emmy praise, like Emmy like nominate this guy for an Emmy kind of thing. And so he did. He went on to Jimmy Kimmel Live, and very naturally Kimmel asked him if he'd played The Last of Us, and he goes, "No, I haven't. I haven't played a game in 25 years." Which you know, okay, you know he's he's an older guy. You know, maybe there was might have been a certain reason why he doesn't play video games anymore, right? Wait, how old is he? He's old enough. How old is old? Okay, fine. Hip-hop <laughs> age. My God. Uh, 52 years old. All right. So 20, he was 27 at the last time he played a video game. But what was that video game that turned it off for him? That would be Banjo-Kazooie. Now, I know you're thinking, like, how does one get deterred from video games by playing Banjo-Kazooie? I'll tell you. Uh, when he played it, he liked it so much that he went, basically spent a two-week period doing almost nothing but playing banjo kazooie and he loved it he loved the game he loved the feeling that the game gave him and once he was done he was like yes i won i beat the game and then he paused and he went what did i just do with my life (laughs) and he never had an urge to play the video game again because he didn't want to do that like that level of i've got to play this you know in two weeks get beat the game 100 percent completed that kind of thing and he actually said that, that, that that's benefited him because games have only gotten better than Banjo, uh, since Banjo-Kazooie, including with The Last of Us. And he, in his own words, if I if I had kept playing video games, I'd probably be in my basement playing them instead of auditioning for shows like this. It's about moderation, <laughs> dude. Moderation. Playing things do it. Yeah. 
like I I uh, like a great example for me is Persona Five Royal. I've been I put I'm I'm gonna be putting a hundred hours in that game, but I was fine with playing it like you know a few hours a day. I never felt super compelled. I wanted to play it, but I knew I had to play, you know do work and all that other stuff when my week of freedom was done, and I I missed not playing it that much, but I knew I had to work. And the only time I feel like compelled to play video games is when I'm doing like the reviews for the Outer Haven because we we try to do it within two weeks so we can get a review up in a good amount of time. And, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let uh, me let me let me cap that. We get them done when we get them done. <laughs> oh, now I feel disillusioned because I've always tried to beat it in two weeks because I remember that that was our guidelines. Nope, you get it done when you get it done. Now, okay. if you get the game like a month ahead of time, then it would be nice to have it done by embargo. But if we're getting it the day of or after. Psh, it gets done when it gets done. Okay. I'll remember that for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. No. <laughs> oh, I've been harassing Nintendo already. I was like, you know what? This one guy named Todd said he was going to come to my house and hurt me if you guys don't give me the game. So, uh, you give me the game. <laughs> if you want, if you want, I'll take a picture of my Master Sword in Hylian Shield and I'll go, this guy has got actual Zelda gear. He will kill me if I don't get a, an advanced copy of the game. So, <laughs> I will do. I will do that for you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> people, I, I mean, I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but you know, again, right. leakers has really screwed smaller sites so bad. It's just really frustrating. Then we get people like you know Tom Anderson going, "Oh, I will leak a game if I don't get anything back from it, dude. I will find you and punch you in your face." Right. That's not cool. Uh. But uh, yeah, so I I I, could, I respect Nick Offerman. He really did a really great job on that episode, and I look forward to seeing what happens next with The Last of Us. Uh, this is absolutely how a video game adaptation should be done. I will also say this, Todd. Uh, my daughter and my wife asked me, "Have I watched the show yet?" And I was last night, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Why are you asking me? First of all, how do you even know about this? How do you know it was a game? <laughs> oh, it's that popular? It really, it honestly is. So." And also it's on HBO, which, you know, they're going to be promoting their things like crazy. Like, I've seen ads for it on the Discovery Channel, which, yes, I know, HBO is under the Discovery brand and whatever. But still. All right. Uh, next up, this is a, a smaller piece of news, but it's still important and actually ties into The Last of Us. Allegedly, Detective Pikachu 2 is still coming to theaters. Wait, there's a Detective Pikachu? 2. 2. Yes. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, it's still it's still being made by Legendary Pictures, who did the first one, which was, of course, I, I consider the start of the great adaptation trend. It was Detective Pikachu, then the Sonic movies, and now we have The Last of Us. So we're, we're on a roll. Whoa, whoa, you're forgetting the masterpiece that was Street Fighter, the movie. <laughs> to find masterpiece. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Clearly you didn't hear what I said. I said a start of the good ones, and I said trend. Street Fighter, Street Fighter was amazing, amazingly bad, ago. but it Street, was so that good. Was, that was decades it's, ago. It's it's definitely watchable. <laughs> no. Anyway, so uh, I actually haven't seen Detective Pikachu yet. I honestly didn't have that much of a desire to because of various things that I saw, but it was successful, and I could appreciate that. Um, if they are making a sequel, okay. It is curious that Sonic has had two movies out in less time than it took to make Detective Pikachu 2, so make of that what you will. Alright, after that we have okay, this is a weird one. Lego Zelda. <laughs> okay. 
That'd be a great game. Uh, I, okay, apparently <laughs> it's not a game. It's just a Lego set. Oh, yeah. but I, I mean, it could it's cool about that. Become a game. I mean, come on, we've had Lego Star Wars, Lego Jurassic Park, Lego Indiana Jones. Like they've had the Lego in the Nintendo Entertainment System. They've had Lego Mario. I mean, that's yeah. cool. Oh, that's right. They did have the Lego Mario. I thought there was a Lego Mario, but yeah, yeah. they had the Lego Mario set. So it's it's natural, and this would actually coincide perfectly with Breath. Uh, dang it! I, said, <laughs> I even said Tears of the Kingdom earlier, and I went right back to Breath of the Wild too. Breath of the Wild too, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the numbers. We're number two. <laughs> but yes, Tears of the Kingdom. So if they that could be an interesting release, especially didn't they have a Mario Lego Amiibo or something like that? No, that was the eight bit Mario. That was it. it was the eight bit eight bit Mario Amiibo? That was an interesting one. So uh, yeah, I depending on what the set is, I would definitely be curious about it. I don't know if I would buy it. Um, gosh, I can't even remember the last time I played with Legos. I mean, I don't even think my nieces have them, which is a crime against my parents and my <laughs> sister. But whatever. I was also more of a Kinects guy. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I had the the dragon roller coaster. I could barely get it to work, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. I was big into Bionicles. Oh, Bionicles! <laughs> yes. Bionicle Mask of Light, baby. Yes. That was cinema. <laughs> Screw you, Mark and Scorsese. That's cinema. <laughs> Oh, bion- oh my gosh, we are showing our age, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bionicle! All right, uh, but yeah, if if it is happening, uh, hopefully we'll get a announcement soon, but hopefully not during the Nintendo Direct, all right? I, I really don't want another one, just because I felt like the first, the first movie told a good story, finished it off, and that was it. Oh, no, 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 we're, we're talking about the Lego Zelda. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about the second peak. I wanted to say, oh. I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's it was a successful movie, so you know, sequels. You gotta have sequels, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just, you just you just can't have singular things anymore. Even though right? I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I thought, I I I I'm a, I love John Wick. Like I love the John Wick franchise, and I thought like if I was to make, write a movie in that style, what would I ha- what would I create? And I, I came up with this really fun pr- premise, a uh, great set of characters. And it would be a one-off movie. And I'm tentatively calling it Cersei's Rules, like Cersei the Witch. And I'm like, could there be a sequel? I guess, but how would you top what we did here? And so I would want that to be a one-off. You know, you watch it, it's fun. You go back to watch it when you want to watch something, you know, action-packed and funny. And then you don't need a sequel. John Wick needed the sequels because of, like, the world that they were building. And I could understand that. But at Detective Pikachu, you could arguably say the same thing. But it's Hollywood. It's got to be sequels. There's got to be spinoffs. There's I mean, we had a John Wick movie that didn't get a sequel. Nobody. Oh, God. No, nobody mm. is getting a sequel. It is? Oh, jeez. Yep. Sorry. Jeez. Just, all right. Moving along. <laughs> jeez. Moving on. We got, we got to do this for Keith. So let's actually go to an important piece of news. The Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> Yes, they did a new teaser during the NFL games, which if I wanted to go on a rant right now, I would do it about my playoff record in terms of picking the winners. I was doing so well, and then my, my record tanked, ladies and gentlemen. I do not get, I don't know, not know what happened to me, but uh, or my teams, I'm just saying. But they played a new clip of the Super Mario Brothers movie during the NFL championship games, and we got the reveal of Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong voice. Lay sigh. <laughs> 
It's just Seth Rogen's voice. <laughs> now you die. Boom. Like, why? Also, they're making fun of Cat Mario. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's a power-up that gives you unnatural abilities, and you're mocking it because he's in a cat suit? Like, how is this his fault that he got the cat suit power-up? Like, I do not like the way this movie is going. I, I, I love the visuals. I love Jack Black as Bowser, and even Anya Taylor-Joy as Peachy, though we've only heard some lines from her. Um, but Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, Chris Pratt is Mario. Yes, he said meow, and I cringed. Like, because he said it in the most Chris Pratt way ever, ladies and gentlemen. It's, <laughs> it was bad. But they're making Mario kind of seem like a, a bumbling idiot when he's like the hero of the story, like the, a really good hero of the story. And I'm just not. And also, if you have Donkey Kong, why do you need Mario to beat Bowser? I'm sorry. Donkey Kong is just as strong as Bowser, if not stronger. I mean, he punched a freaking moon. All right? He canonically <laughs> punched a moon and dropped it on an island. Planetary consequences be dang. Is it bad if I want Bowser to win in this movie? Yes. No. Actually, no. <laughs> if, if it means you don't have to hear Chris Pratt's Mario anymore, let, 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 let the bad guy win. Let Bowser win. We just want more Bowser sequels. Yeah. Now, I would love a Bowser of, like, the Koopalinks. Like, give me a spinoff of that. Like, the whole movie is them, like, plotting to take over the world, and then, like, I guess Mario, I suppose, uh, you know, comes to save the day, like, right at the last second, and then it's just like, we're going to try again tomorrow, Dad? You're dang right we're going to try again, kids! <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm just... Uh, I think it was you, Scott, that said I was... Uh, it was you or Will who said that I, I was going to still spend money on it. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I, that, that, I was like that would imply that i'm gonna watch it and I was like then you were like well maybe you'll hate watch it i'm like that implies i care enough to actually hate it that much to watch yeah i've never watched a movie out of spite i mean i've watched maybe a trailer or i've read like interviews like i'll, I'll read uh little articles that detail the endings of game of movies or games so that i know like oh i'm curious i'm not gonna watch the movie let's go watch that oh, let's go read this but I've never watched a movie out of spite. That's a waste of my money. All right? I'm a penny pincher already, and now you're telling me I got to waste $10 of my money and like two to three hours of my time to go and watch a movie that I don't want to watch? No! I was going to ask, where are you getting tickets for $10? My my movie theater, I swear. <laughs> AMC. It's $10. If you get if you go like in the afternoon, it's $10. Oh, okay. The, afternoons, yeah. Yeah, afternoons. And then that's not even talking about uh, popcorn and drinks. It's terrible. I used to, I kid you not, I would do the student discount because I can still look like a college student when I'm shaved. And so they're like, are you a student? And I'll pull up my ID and they'll just look at it. They'll see DePaul University and I would get like a buck off. Like, uh, yeah, I'll take that. I did that for years. <laughs> I was like 25, 26 out of college for years. And they're like, you're a student? Like, yeah, here's my ID. And they go, okay. And it's like, Pfft. They don't care. I mean, they're not even checking the year, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I could, I could tell you, I look, I look different than how I did in that student ID, and they're just like, yeah, okay, he's a student, sure. <laughs> that was like the biggest question I had when I was an Uber driver at like 23, 24. I was like, so, like, when are you gonna graduate, bro? I'm like, I'm already graduated, bro. I'm like, oh, you don't look it. Like, so, <laughs> college students, what are you gonna do? But yeah, I am not happy about this movie. Also. Uh, in light, in in uh, to reference John Wick, I am officially declaring Tellius Tyler excommunicado. 
<laughs> from the NEP podcast. What did he do, ladies and gentlemen? He said that he's fine with Donkey Kong's voice. He's fine with Chris Pratt's Mario because, quote, that ship has sailed. It has not sailed, Tyler! I will find that ship and I will sink it and I will raise the flag over it because I am not letting this go. Uh, well, just think about this. When the movie eventually comes out and it comes out on Blu-ray and obviously people pirate the movie, you know people are going to change the voices. There have yes. been many movies, animated movies, where people weren't happy with it and they changed the voices. Yeah. So, so. Just, just think about that. It's going to happen. Yeah. If you, if you want to see me the link to that movie, Keith, by all means. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, we have a Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which is coming out this month on the 24th. Gee, it's almost as if there's a, another game I should be getting on that day. I don't know. Like, Octopath Traveler? <laughs> you don't. Know, nah. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> a, a, adoring Kirby game, deep RPG experience. It is a hard choice. I will not. <laughs> and I loved Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Like, it, that, was, that was a really good game. But uh, no, I will be getting Octopath Traveler too. But if you decide to get Kirby, there may be more content in it than you were expecting. For example, today, at the time of this recording, they dropped a trailer for Mary Magalore, Mag Magaloland, Magaloland, something like that. Magalore, I believe his name is Magaloland. There you go. Uh, it is a theme park where you can play micro games with your friends, should you have them. <laughs> I'm just saying. But yes, this is the, all those lovely mini games you love from the Kirby franchise. They are back. There are a couple new ones, and there are eight ones from the past, and you can play up with up to four. Oh, sorry, up to three other players, and have little experiences with their. Uh, Magalore is the uh, manager of the park, and he will even do like special tour guides that will randomly select the mini games that you play, so you have a little bit of variety and fun and guesswork. So if you're interested in that, that'll be available. Also, the box art for the game seems to imply that there will be a new epilogue content featuring Magalore. Um, it's not known exactly what would the content be, but it's possible. They have done uh, epilogue content for these kind of definitive editions in the past. If you remember Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, they did the, uh, the uh, epilogue content that led to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So you never know. And, the, and Nintendo is good about making sure it's not just a port, that it has some you know fresh stuff in it. So we, you can be appreciative of that. All right. Next up, oh yeah, Bayonetta 3. They released uh, the music video for, or a music video for the theme song, We Are As One. And the lady who sings that song has an absolutely beautiful voice. She really does. And they weave in some uh, cutscenes from the game as they show the performance being recorded live. And so there are spoilers there if you haven't beaten Bayonetta 3. So don't watch it, Will. <laughs> Unless you want to, then sure, fine, go ahead, be spoiled. Um, also, I saw uh, an article on another website, and it was talking about why Bayonetta Origins, uh, Serasa and Lost Demon, is a, quote, pointless game. Uh-oh, here we um, go. Yeah, they said it was pointless because uh, of certain events that happened. I almost, I almost said what happened. Uh, certain events that happened in Bayonetta 3, and uh, those events have been very divisive amongst the fan base. And they, because of those events, they said that the Serasa Origins is pointless. And I don't agree with that. A, we technically don't know the full story of Bayonetta. B, this game is going to play entirely different to Bayonetta, so it's not like a 
random prequels of like, oh, it's just, you know, the character's younger, she has new moves. No, it's an entirely different look and feel of game. It's made by a completely different team within Platinum Games. Uh, it's not like, for example, it's not headed up by a Hideki Kamiya. He's watching over the game, but it's other people who are making it. And Hideki Kamiya himself has said he's got ideas for five more mainline Bayonetta games. So, and he's even called out the fans who says that he's ruined the story or ruined characters or whatever. He's like, you only know the story as it's played out. I know the story is what's coming next. So that would tease that we're not done with everything yet. Although it is scary that Platinum somehow has nine mainline Bayonetta story ideas, but it took them three to embrace the multiverse. How are you going to top this? I'm just saying. I don't know. Exactly. Well, because like the first one was was the angels, second was the demons, third was humanity, technically, and the multiverse. How do you go above that? Like she's already killed God, <laughs> or beaten God. She's beaten slash killed her father. Uh, you know, she's saved John, fought John, met multiple versions of herself, met her younger self, uh, met her daughter. Okay, not spo- I'm not spoiling that one. Like that, everyone knew Viola was was banned at his daughter but like it was so dang obvious but like she's met her daughter from another universe like how are you going to, like what is there left to top here is she is she gonna go pull a, uh, a kratos and go to other realms and fight their gods or whatever you know bayonetta ragnarok i don't know i'm just saying but i don't think it's pointless i'm, I'm looking forward to it and ironically uh this past week i actually got some good news on that front because on March 17th was supposed to be two big game releases, Bayonetta Origins and Jedi Survivor. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen. Star Wars Jedi Star Survivor. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah. But, uh, and, but Survivor got delayed because right. of, of uh, bugs, which I'm glad that they were willing to say, hey, we're trying to fix all this. <laughs> all right? It's such a concept that developers are saying, hey, we need some more time to actually fix bugs. <laughs> Brilliant. So now I've got March all to Bayonetta. So yay! So be ready to buy that for me, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That laugh of yours right now <laughs> reminds me of Maximilian, dude. I have honestly never. I think I've watched him once. I think. You look it up. Um, your laugh and his laugh is very similar. Yeah, I have. I have. I have many laughs, but so I just go with whatever feels right at the time. I could also do the Vader Zim laugh, but I will not do that here. Uh, I could also do the stitch. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hire me Death Battle. I have a feeling they're going to do Rocket versus Stitch this year, so hire me Death Battle to do the voice of Stitch. Because I can do it! Yeah! Alright, next up we have a Sonic Frontiers. That's sorry, I am rubbing the the salt in the wound of Tyler for liking Super Mario Brothers by talking about Sonic behind his back. Because I'm the host, dang it! But yes, uh, the director of Sonic Frontiers has been doing some really interesting things on Twitter. He's been answering a lot of fan questions about the game, about the future, and what and whatnot. And what and some of the questions he asked about, or he was asked, was things he would improve about the game going forward. And one of the things he admitted was that the story of the game could have been better, which is usually not what you hear from people like oh you usually hear oh we were proud of our story but we're going to try to do even more with the next one it's no i i admit we didn't do as as good as the last one and we're going we're going to try and do better with it uh he said specifically that uh he wants to have more attention to the script 
and go deeper with the characters, which I can appreciate. Uh, another thing he said is that he wants the constant repetition of previous Sonic levels in games like Green Hill Zone and Chemical Plant are going to be avoided in the future. This was based on fan feedback. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, right. No, he said, he said, he really means it. He said he heard fan feedback that he's tired of that kind of repetition and he wants to change that. I'm not saying Those no. levels are, are iconic to Sonic. It's, it's never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> he's going to get, he's going to get so much pushback on that. It's never going to happen. All right. Well, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, he also admitted that work on the next Sonic game has already begun, which is not surprising because Sonic Frontiers was a big hit, sold at 2.2 million its first month, I think it was. So that that was definitely like the best-selling Sonic game in recent times. Uh, he he wants to expand the combat even further and make it even deeper and immersive, which I know Scott. Uh, I'm really impressed with that itself, just because I actually think that they did a lot for the combat of Sonic Frontiers. But I think that's just because we haven't really seen much combat in the Sonic games in general. Yeah. So them actually having like a pretty decent combat system, I was not expecting. Yeah. So he also noted that uh, future Sonic games will continue to focus on the single player experience. However, he will not be opposed to multiplayer games. No. <laughs> he said he's not opposed. It doesn't mean he's making one right now. It shouldn't even be an idea in his head. No. I wouldn't mind co-op though. Um, yeah, have, haven't we had co-op in past Sonic games? We have. Sonic, the Adventures, yeah, Sonic 2 and Sonic Adventure, you could actually have the second person take control of Tails. Yeah, on that note, he also said in another Q&A session that uh, they will be looking to the past games to further influence the future ones. So, uh, including possibly Sonic Adventure, which we, as we remember from pod, past podcasts, some of the Sonic team wants to make Sonic Adventure 3. Yes, they do. So, not opposed to that as well. Also, Give us a chow garden and a dang it! So, shut up, Tyler. <laughs> uh, finally, he also said that the uh, open zone style of gameplay, which we had in Sonic Frontiers, will continue to be worked on and refined for the next main game, whatever that may be. So, I appreciate this, even though I never played Sonic Frontiers, because... You often wonder whether they just are going to kind of cash in on what worked and then hope they can do at least slightly better next time. Uh, he, The director here really clearly wants to make a worthy sequel that people love, that improves on what happened before. And if you recall, Sonic Frontiers had divisive reviews from fans and critics. So I, clearly they should try and improve things so that they'll have a better response the next time. But they definitely took a step in the right direction with this game. I agree. I was going to say a lot of the reviews were upset about the gameplay, not so much about the game world or the setting. I mean, there were some, but those were people who've never played a Sonic game in their entire life. Yeah. One, one of the biggest complaints I heard was that uh, Sonic Team literally took an approach to where they just threw everything at the wall to make it see if it could stick, which is where, like, sadly, some of the more repetitive or dumb elements of the game came in, like the the infamous pinball game, which even Tyler had trouble with. <laughs> so that pinball game can die. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I I understand the feeling that they had to try a lot of stuff because past things weren't working, like with uh, Sonic Forces or. Uh, Dang, I can't think of other mainline games that came out recently. Uh, Sonic Mania? Oh uh, no, Mania was good. Ma it was that, great. 
But that was also yes. a fan game that Sega appropriated. So, you know, yeah. Uh, and where's my Sonic Mania 2? Exactly. Not <laughs> happening. <laughs> but we can make good Sonic games now. You made one game. Exactly! <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully they continue to improve because there are still a lot of Sonic fans and, and there's more coming because of the Sonic movies and uh, Sonic Prime was well received on Netflix. So they should strive to make the best possible Sonic games and if that means admitting that they did things wrong to do things right the next time, do it. I have to admit, I was not looking forward to Sonic Prime but then I watched a couple episodes and I was like, this isn't that bad. And it's a multiverse theme. Clearly, we haven't had that a lot in the last several years. I just really enjoyed the Sonic and the Shadow fights. There you go. With Shadow just yelling, Sonic! I'm like, all right. Sure. I want that's, someone, not how, that's not all he does, but okay. Yeah. I want someone, not me, I want someone to go back and look at every movie, television show, video game, book, whatever, any kind of media I won't, I won't include comic books because it's too easy. Uh, but those kinds of releases in 2022 and find out how many of them dealt with the multiverse. Because think about it. We had Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We had Everything Everywhere all at once. We had Bayonetta 3. Sonic Prime came out in December. So that's four right there. And I know there are more. So like that was the year of the multiverse. And uh, it's not going to get any better from here because we, we know the multiverse saga is happening in the MCU starting with Ant-Man <laughs> and Kang. So. Oh, crap. When is that coming out again? Uh, March. First week of March, I think. Yeah, I get my tickets. Yeah, Ant-Man Quantumania. I just hope it's better than Ant-Man The Lost. That movie was so mid. Mid, I tell you. Ouch. I actually like that one. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I literally came out. Okay. I, I don't I, I that wasn't the point where I felt my kind of love hate relationship with the MCU, but that was the first MCU film that I came out of the movie and I'm like, what was the point of that film? Like seriously, the problem with Ant Man is they treat him as the the uh, the comedy relief, yeah, and the character it's so much more than that. Yeah, I've never I, I don't know if you remember this, Keith, but when they first announced uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. I wrote I wrote an opinion piece on Outer Haven about how that was a mistake because they did they hadn't introduced Hank Pym at that point and Hank, yeah. Hank Pym is the canonical creator of Ultron and I went to war with some people in the comments because <laughs> I said that Thanos should be next and Ultron should be after obviously that was wrong of me to say because they did really well with the Thanos arc but I still maintain that Tony and Hulk should not have made Ultron it's Hank Pym's character like. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of mad about that too. And and then Janet Van Dyne became uh, as great as Michelle Pfeiffer is an afterthought. She was she wasn't in the first Ant Man movie. She was barely in the second Ant Man movie, and now she apparently has this hidden history with Kang. That's like really not to mention that uh, Lang's daughter is is just as smart as uh, um, Hank Janet. now. What? Both of them. Like, wait, what? And oh, yet, Scott's daughter, right? Yeah, Scott's daughter. But yet, you know, Lang is still like the Anyways. goofball. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, and, and and I can't obviously confirm this is true, but the one of the people who apparently knew about the film said that the biggest conflict in the movie is going to be Scott and his daughter because he's not paying attention to her. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> no, like that, that's the whole point of the first two movies is that he's trying to be with his daughter more. 
and he loses five years with her. And we even see him, her, and Hope at the end. And, and the daughter's like gazing lovingly at her dad because he's finally back. And now that he's famous, he's ditching his daughter. Like <laughs> that doesn't seem this, right. <laughs> this is if that is true. That is such an MCU move, and I hate it. So, but that is for another podcast. <laughs> but if we want to talk about hate. Let's talk about how certain people are hating on Nintendo right now because of Super Nintendo World. So I'm hating on them too. Yeah. So why isn't Why isn't California? Well, why isn't that one on the East Coast? Well, there's going to be. It was, it was California first, and then Florida's coming next. Mm. I know it, it it doesn't solve the problem, but it it's not an afterthought. There was think of it like a straight line. Okay, here's <laughs> Japan, here's California, here's Florida, straight line. And yes, I know we're on a globe, so technically it's a curved line. Shut up, you Batman fans. I'm waiting to hear what you say about this, though. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Super Nintendo World in California is going to be opening this month. They have already been having previews for uh, the land to you know, hype it up, get people talking about it, blah, blah, blah. In the U.S. version of the ride, I got to make, make clear, this is the, I've only heard this for the U.S. version of the ride. Uh, they have a size restriction for the VR Mario Kart ride. You have to have a certain waist level to adequately fit into the car. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so a lot of people are mad about this because if you are slightly oversized in your waist direction, you can't ride the ride. And they claimed this is because of safety, but you can't. You tell me you can't make like an adjustment in the cart. So I'm going to ask this because I've been watching some people who went there and recorded it. Is it something that you read or something that people were just complaining about? The reason I ask is one of the videos, there was a heavyset gentleman who was able to get on the ride. Interesting. But yet they also stated that they were very snug. And the fact that they mentioned that this was not made with American people in mind. There you go. We're we're more of a... uh, the larger variety. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned that this is only happening in the U.S. because you definitely don't hear about this in Japan. <laughs> and that's not an insult to the Japanese. It's just they are they are known to be rather skinny people, and that's just that's just how it is, and that's fine. Whereas we Americans aren't. <laughs> but yeah, we have a lot more sizes. <laughs> we have a lot more fast food, <laughs> and we eat a lot more fast food. <laughs> fast food is going to get you. I keep telling people that. I keep true. telling people that. But yeah, uh, this was from numerous reports that I saw from accredited websites, and there is even a cart outside of the ride yep. for you to test yourself in to yep. see if you can fit. Actually, I, it's in my YouTube history. I'll send you afterwards. But yeah, the gentleman clearly was able to get on, and I don't know because he was an influencer, and they're like, "We're going to get you on regardless," or yeah. what? But he was totally on there. Like there, there were multiple sites reporting this, and then this got a little bit of a backlash. And then, and then like the person who helped make the ride is like, "Oh, this is for safety." And like, they're not actually driving the Mario karts. You're, it's a VR experience. You just have to fit in the dang carts. So, <laughs> I I don't know what the real, what the problem is for just like making an adjustment. Maybe they just didn't think about it. Maybe it was like you know they're trying to make a carbon copy of the carts from Japan. I don't know, but they clearly did not come up with create these with everyone in mind. So we shall see. And, I do want those. I do want those straps, though. Those are really cool. Oh, the wrist straps. Where you oh, I them? want one. Oh yeah, I totally want one. Like, it, I have an aunt who uh, lives like right next to or right near uh, Universal Studios, and she actually works at Disney World. Uh, both my aunts do, and so whenever I go down to visit them, which they always invite me every year, but something always comes up. 
once they go down, once Super Mario, Super Nintendo World is up there, I'm going to go see that. I'm going to go to Harry Potter World at last. I'll go to Disney World again. It'll be a nice time over in Orlando. So, see, I'm really upset about that because I wanted to, I was going to go to E3, which I guess we'll talk about we'll soon. We'll talk about it. We're getting there. <laughs> and then I decided, well, I guess I'm not going to E3 anymore. Nope. So, say again? Nope, you're not. So I was I was going to go check out no, Super Mario World, and guess I'm not now. Nope. Nope. All right. Nah. Yeah. Soon though, Keith, it's just gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. All right. If you gotta believe. I got the breath. I got the funky, funky float. No. Uh, all right. Lastly, but certainly not least, a person who had faith in something but had that faith burned. I have zero. <laughs> I, I don't know if you listened to our draft episode. I made a prediction that we will get an F-Zero game this year. Not happening. I know I've given one. up. <laughs> I am believing for you. I am believing enough for the both of us. Um, but no, I'm talking about Brandon McInnes, who you might know as the voice of Allier from Fire Emblem Engage. So why did he have his faith burned? Well, let me tell you his story. So uh, he apparently ordered a copy of the Divine Edition of Fire Emblem Engage from GameStop. First of all, bad move. Uh, when he or he or pre-ordered it ahead of time, and when he was to pick up the game, they told him that he, they didn't have a copy for him because they accepted more pre-orders than the copies they were going to get. Yeah, they do that a lot. Yes, they do. And... Let me rephrase. Let me re reiterate. He's the lead in the game, and he didn't get the divine edition from GameStop. And they, you know, they they made excuses and blah blah blah. He had to go and get it from eBay, which automatically means he played way more than he had to. I mean, why didn't he get a copy from Nintendo for that's, working on the game? One hundred percent. That was the other thing I was going to bring up because that means that he didn't get a copy of the game. He even said he bought a digital copy later just so he could play the game on the day of its release. So that means the Nintendo didn't give him a digital copy, a physical copy, or anything like that, even though he's the main character. Bad form, <laughs> Nintendo. Bad form. It's like, if he, I mean, sure, if he's like an NPC, but when he's like the little face of the character, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, but those influencers got him, though. Oh, 100%. That's crap. That's terrible. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but... Uh, that's that's bad. I look. I know that w w there's been like a lot of talk about voice acting over the last few years and and how they're underappreciated, underpaid, and, and and a lot of that is true. Let's not bring up Bayonetta right now, but uh, this is just sad. Like again, well, Cap, you, that's terrible. Yeah, if, if you, I feel bad, I feel bad. I feel bad for this guy. He clearly he put a lot into this this game. He clearly did, and. Nintendo couldn't even give him a copy of the game. Again, he said he bought the digital copy the day of its release, so he did not get a digital copy at the very least. And technically, that's free! <laughs> that would have been just a code for Nintendo to give him and say, like, oh yeah, here's a copy of the game, here you can have that. He didn't even get that! And then he had to go and buy a Divine Edition from GameStop, which failed him, and then he had to go to eBay and pay more for a copy of the game in which he was starring in. He had to pay a scalper. Yes, to get the best version of the game that he starred in. Why? <laughs> That's like telling a movie star, hey, we're going to bring you to the world premiere, but you have to buy your own ticket. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm the dang star. 
You also got to pay for the red carpet. <laughs> and the limo. And the plane ticket. Also, you're probably going to have to take an Uber to the premiere. <laughs> Limos are just out of stock. <laughs> so, like, that's bad for Nintendo. I'm sorry. That's bad. Uh, no, I'm not sorry for you. I'm sorry just in general that this is... This is another one of the Nintendo things. Like, really, Nintendo? Like, I would want... And I, if I was a voice actor, I would want that in my contract. It's yes. just like, you know, if you watch... When like a good example is PlayStation games. They finish the game, they say, Hey, we're done. And then you see everybody who worked on the game showing, Hey, I got a copy of the game or a controller or various stuff with the game. And and it seems like Nintendo's like, Hey, thanks for working on the game. Go find your own buy. You know, That's it? terrible. Was it Harsh Housemark Studios? Yeah, the ones that made Returnal. They had a whole thing where they're like, PlayStation gave us all PS5s to play Returnal on. <laughs> That's dope. It's just like, well, um, Nintendo, how about those games? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, th this is just, this is one of them video game practices where when you hear about it, you're like, how can they do that? You know? And you should know better. You, 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 sh you should know better. Especially after everything that's been coming out about the game industry recently. Uh, you, you should want to, you know, set a good example versus oh yeah i didn't even give my lead character for a game that's likely gonna be another good million seller a digital copy of the game that they star in so let's say and now to the main event where we talk about another disappointment well wait before we get into that i i i just saw something that i figured you of all people todd would appreciate oh so i'm just sitting down on my computer and still farming stuff in dead space and i came across this article that says All Might versus Thanos. Who would win in this crossover fight? Oh God! And they have they have All Might beating Thanos in strength. What? In speed. What? In durability. What? I was like, what are you kidding? Okay. I feel like a lot of people only know Thanos from the MCU <laughs> and not from the comics because okay. comic M comic Thanos would stop. Okay. First of all, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm okay. I'm gonna go full death battle on this thing. Okay. <laughs> First and foremost, I have watched uh, My Hero Academia. I am, you know, in the in the current season and all that, and so I, you know, I'm well past when All Might had his powers taken away after the fight with one all all, uh, all, for, all for one all like, for I, one. Yeah, I, I always I always get the victim all for one, and I well versed with Thanos. Okay, I'm not even going to give him the Infinity Gauntlet because obviously that would be an instant KO against All Might. If we're talking Thanos. That was Gauntlet, but with everything else, All Might doesn't even touch him. Nope. I don't, I don't mean cause him pain. I mean touch him. Thanos knows magic. Thanos has Eternals technology. Thanos can literally immobilize you with a thought or his helmet and not even have to worry about using the Infinity Gauntlet against you. All Might is literally pure strength and using his body to enhance his abilities like jumping and running and blah blah blah. Second of all, Thanos consistently and constantly has to deal with the speedsters of the Marvel Universe, all of which, even at their lowest levels, go much faster than All Might. All Might technically isn't that fast. If you if you watch the death battle between him and Might guy, All Might's fast, but he's not that fast. Thanos has gone up against guys like the Sentry, the Hulk, Thor, uh Quicksilver all of which can run at the speed of light or faster. And All Might is nowhere near speed of light. 
So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I was like, Todd would love this. Oh, I do love it because this is tricking my death battle senses. But no, without the gauntlet, uh, yeah, without the gauntlet, uh, Thanos stomps him. It is not even close. Even with you know United States of Smash plus Ultra Go Beyond, no. Would he? Nothing. Would, nothing. Would he, would he be able to hit Thanos? Probably not. But even if Thanos let him hit him, it it would send him back. But it wouldn't. I don't even think that would happen. Yeah, I, it's debatable. But it's also a comic book fight, you know. So you know they would probably show the impact, and then like Thanos would be like, "Is that all you got?" You know. Never forget. Thanos took not one, not two, but three screens from Black Bolt, who shatters mountains with his voice. He took three of his blasts to the face and then whipped Black Bolt like he was nothing. All right? He has beaten the Hulk. He has beaten Thor. He's, like, wiped out most of the Avengers, even without the Infinity Gauntlet. All right? He was so confident in his abilities, he went up against a multiversal power Doom and thought he was enough. He was wrong. But that was just because Doom was really that powerful at the time. It took someone like multiversal Doom level to one-shot Thanos. My, All Might can't do that. I like All Might. All Might's a great character. All Might can't kill Thanos. All Might can't beat Thanos. I would argue All Might can't hurt Thanos. End yeah. of story. Yeah, I'm at that. I don't think he's touching him. No. He's not even scratching him. No. What, if anything, I think Thanos would find him so dang annoying, and he would like <laughs> just like he would he would bit slap him like you know like I I am here. And your point? I just love reading these these pointless lists from these 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 websites that yeah. should know better, but they're doing yeah. it for clicks, and it just goes like I'm, I'll read another one. Characters that can beat Thanos. No. Okay, great. Oh no, Star Lord. Like no, sorry, no. What? Sorry, what? Star-Lord? Wolverine. Wait, what? No. No. It's not happening not here. Not Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, t- okay, technically he has beaten Thanos, but that was... No. Because- Hold on. You didn't let me finish. He beat him in the in the, in the the battle arena of love because he gets death and Thanos does not. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's canon. <laughs> that's canon, ladies and gentlemen. But no. Also, just to make it clear, Darkseid beats Thanos. Stop saying it's the other way around. Okay, and that's with the Infinity Gauntlet. Darkseid can't be beat by Thanos. All right. But what about the Infinity Armor? That's trickier, but still technically no. <laughs> Remember, Darkseid is a fourth-dimensional being. Being his actual yes. presence lives outside of our dimension, and his actual presence coming into any dimension destroys it instantly. So no, even with the Infinity Armor, which Thanos himself would not use because he knows how corruptive it is, he cannot beat Darkseid. So. All right, give me another matchup, Keith. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Reed, uh, 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 hmm. Reed Richards hmm. technically could if he had the ultimate null. No, not Reed. Franklin. Oh, Franklin could. Yes, Franklin. Franklin is that powerful. He is considered one of the most powerful beings in the multiverse. But he'd have to be in control of his powers, which is sometimes debatable. And is he, he still? Because they keep retconning him now. They keep well, changing him so much now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, in the in the dance slot run, he lost his powers. So. But when he was at his peak form, he was literally the guy recreating the multiverse after Secret Wars. I love he, that. He was like, I'm losing my powers. Oh, wait, you're a mutant. Wait, wait, what? Except he's not a mutant. He just wished to be a mutant, so his DNA changed to make it look like he was a mutant. And the X-Men weren't happy when they found out about that. <laughs> even even Magneto said no more pretenders. When he Comics are weird. Comics. I'm, still waiting, I'm still waiting for... Uh, I, I, maybe I missed it. I'm still waiting for uh, the part where... Uh, um. Reed Richards finds out what Xavier took from him. 
Oh wait, what he erased from his mind? He's yeah, yeah. He'll he'll get there, I'm sure, because he's working with Kitty Pride. But uh, all right. Oh wait, wait, aren't we a Nintendo podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Great, we are now the Death Battle Extension podcast. <laughs> D B E P. D B E P. Okay. D B E P. D B E P. D B E P. Whatever. All right. Uh, now for our main event. Seriously, this time. Because uh, easily the biggest news of the week was that E3 2023, which is still happening, just got dealt a massive blow. And we'll break it all down in a Nintendo discussion. is that Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are all going to be absent from E3 2023 this year. Bye-bye. Yeah. And this, I, I want to give you a timeline of events for the perspective of Keith. We were talking about E3. We were, some of us were already planning to go to E3, Keith included. Yep. And then like a day or two later, this news dropped, and Keith was like, I'm canceling my trip. <laughs> I already put in my request for a press pass because we usually get them, and I'm like... Can I cancel this now? I'm not coming. Don't give it to me. I'm not going to be there. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, now the reasoning behind this depends on the company. Uh, Microsoft is apparently going to have a, his, their own event right before the show, which is kind of mean, but whatever. Uh, Sony, I don't remember what Sony's reason was. Sony hardly goes to E3s now. Yeah, anyways, like, we're just not so they're not that one's not surprising. The other two are. Yeah, but wait, but wait, wasn't PlayStation at PAX West? Who was at PAX West last year? Everyone was at PAX West. Yeah, and we went to PAX East. I was at PAX East, <laughs> and I was like, nobody's here. And then I come back, you know, months later, everybody's at PAX West. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I might just go to only PAX West this year. <laughs> and then for Nintendo, and this is just allegedly, they're skipping out because, according to these reports, they don't have enough games coming out in the back half of 2023 to justify their arrival there. I really hope that's not true. Because <laughs> that's the second report that said that after uh, Tears of the Kingdom, that Nintendo isn't going to have much coming out, which is deceiving because we know that Pikmin 4 is coming out this year. Advanced Wars might come out before E3, but I'll just put that on the docket anyway. It's coming out eventually. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> we know it's coming out eventually. Uh, and then there's that Super Mario Odyssey sequel rumor, which I would arguably say is just as big as Tears of the Kingdom. Well, should so, be. It should be, if it's true. So I don't know why these reports keep coming out, but if that is the case, and I'm really mad because 2022 was a great year for Nintendo. As 2022 was probably one of the best years for Nintendo for the Switch. Oh, yeah. And so I, I would hope that 2023, which has already started out great with Engage and Octopath Travelers coming out soon, along with Kirby, and then a Bayonetta's next month. That's that's weird saying that March is next month. I'm not used to being in February yet. <laughs> you know what, though? I would argue against that report, just because when I went to E3, Nintendo really didn't have anything big there, but it was their presence. People go there for yep. the presence. You know, when you go to uh, PAX East, you go there for the presence. Yeah, I think with Nintendo, too, is even if they have nothing to show, they'll still bring a bunch of, like, newly edited Nintendo Switch commercials, especially like of, like, Game stuff Wars? that's already... <laughs> yeah, the Game Awards are nothing but Nintendo Switch commercials, I feel, whenever Nintendo's there. They're like, hey, we have a Switch! In case you haven't gotten one yet, for some reason. Also, uh, I, I have to make the joke. Keith, if they go there for the presents, what presents do they get? 
boy. I'm here for the presents. Give me the presents. They get the really cool Nintendo merch that you can turn on and sell on eBay. Yeah, I believe that. They do that a lot. Trust me. When I was at E3 the one year, the line was just so ridiculous. People were just trying to get in there to get stuff. Yeah. So, my, I, I, I doubt that the, that rumor is true. It could be just Nintendo just doesn't want to do it. You know, they, they'd rather just do their Nintendo Direct around that time, which would be about when they would do the next one if the February one does, does come. And so, you know, E3 is a commitment. Like, some people really forget that because of the nostalgia and the history of the, the the show. You have to go to Los Angeles. You have to make sure you have everything there. You need to make sure you have a lot to show because it's like expected of you, especially when you're the big three. And then you have to have, you know, your key personnel there to do interviews. Like that's when Reggie was really uh, you know, exploding was when he was doing all the interviews at, for Nintendo America and such. And you have to have the game demos, you have to have like the the setups which is what Keith was talking about like remember the Breath of the Wild one or the one for a uh, Super Mario Odyssey when they had like the whole booth showing off like basically the, the the whole world and it was really cool so you know you have to do all of that it's a commitment it's now I'm gonna throw a wrench into that by all means because uh guess where Microsoft is at right now where, where Xbox is right now Los Angeles the Taipei Taipei Game Show in yeah. Taiwan. They're there right now, booths and everything. But you can't go to E3 in your own backyard. Yeah, no, they're not really even announcing anything there either. <laughs> nope, they're just there. Yeah, but remember they they are doing their own events, so they might they might talk, think like, oh, but if we could have we could share the event or we could have our own. So I think that's just a greed thing, like you know, arrogance. Like I don't want to share an event, Father. I want to be the event. I mean, their their theater is nice. When I, again, when I went to E three and they showed off the Xbox, uh, was it Xbox One X? And yeah, they showed Xbox off Forza and whatnot. But it's just a theater. You can't walk around and do anything. Nope. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make. I mean, I a I kind of feel bad for E three because because they, it's dead. I guess it's dead. <laughs> like E three was one of the was one of the things, especially when you know G four was at its original peak. Um, where I loved watching their coverage of E3 because it was like it was my plug into the gaming world, and that helped. This was before I really had like good internet and everything at my parents' house and all that. So I would watch E3 as like, oh, what are the big you know announcements? What are the big trailers? What what's Nintendo going to show? I mean, I would relig- I literally almost skipped out on a college final exam. I still passed, by the way, uh, because. The E3 press conference for Nintendo was going to be like 30 minutes into the final exam. So I, <laughs> thankfully, it was one where I could actually do the exam at home and then just turn it in when I got to class. So I watched the I watched the show and then I went to class and the teacher's like, "You're a little late." I'm like, oh, "I'm sorry, I, I overslept." <laughs> <laughs> it was like 11 a.m. at the time. I'm like, "Yeah, I overslept." Like the liar, you weren't. No. <laughs> was like, what was I supposed to say? Sorry, teacher, I was watching Nintendo because Nintendo's reported in your class. <laughs> Yeah, that is not a lie. I actually, I, I did like skip part of a final exam for a class because of that press conference. But like, it, it was like my religion. It was June was E3 month. July was San Diego Comic Con. You watch it on G4 or Spike TV, and it was awesome. And then it slowly started to change. Like, remember when it was like press? It went from like fans and press to it became just press, which angered the fans. Then it was some fans, but then it was poorly handled. Then the pandemic ruined everything, and 
even though I want to root for E3 because my friends at ReadPop are running the show now, and ReadPop is the people behind C2V2 and New York Comic Con and a bunch of other shows, which they run really, really well. I also have a beef with that, but I'll let you finish. I know. I remember this beef, but I have really good friends there, and they're not part of that. I, I promise you that. They are really good people. No, no. It's not that. It's something different. Okay. But I want to root for ReadPop because I know that they can put on a good show, and I would love for them to revive E3 in at least some capacity. But if you don't even have the big three there, and we, I don't even know who's actually confirmed for the show, so that doesn't help either. So it's not looking good for them at all. So my beef is with Repop. No, and it's not about what you think. It's just the fact that Repop is known for putting on these good events, you know, PAX. Um, I keep forgetting one overseas. I keep saying EGX or something like that, um, Comic-Con. And with these guys pulling out, even before they pulled out, the back of my mind was like, so great. So E3 is basically going to be another PAX event. It's pretty much going to be a PAX event. And I was like, well, I don't need to go there. I have one here already. Like, it's like, what is what does that mean? Mom, I want, I want, um, I want E3 at home. You have E3 at home. PAX. You don't need to go. <laughs> so to me, it was it was already starting to be a big colossal waste of time. And then they pull out. Now that they pulled out, as you were mentioning, who's next? E3, I'm sorry, uh, EA's not going to be there. They do their own thing. Ubisoft may not be there. They do their own thing now. I mean, NIS America probably is not even going to be there because they just had theirs discussing the whole year. And then you got Jeff Keighley doing his thing the week before. So who's going to be there? It just seems like it's going to be a colossal waste of time. And I, I really think this is it. This was E3's chance to put up or shut up. And with these guys pulling out and possibly other people pulling out because they're not there, and the fact that E3 doesn't really have what it takes to go up against these other gaming events now because it was still more of a business-oriented event, it's, I don't think it's going to survive. I think it's done. Maybe this isn't the death blow, but this is the one that put them in a coma. Yeah. Uh, ironically, and I literally just thought of this, I, I feel that E3 actually has uh, certain connections with the failed reboot of G4. And I say that because when G4 had their first big run, they were the only thing of their kind. Yep. They were unique in that they had X-Play and Attack of the Show and uh, Cheat and not Cheaters, Cheat, totally different. Uh, thank God. But they had stuff that we didn't have before because the internet was still growing. We didn't have social media to this level where we are. And E3 was the same way. It was the show. It was this and the Tokyo Game Show and the Game Developers Conference, if you want. But even that was more business-oriented. So, mm -hmm. uh, And, like, the Tokyo Game Show has absolutely faded from existence in many people's minds. That used to be one of the big shows of the year that Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft would try to show stuff at. You barely hear about the Tokyo Game Show anymore. And... As time went on, and then you had like you know the Game Awards and the Nintendo Directs and the State of Plays and all these other shows where it's like we could just run our own thing, show what we want when we want, and not have to you know throw money everywhere uh, for one event that might draw us attention. I feel that they just realized you know we can do better for cheaper and without the pressure of having something to show every single year. Because, like, what was one of the big debates every E3? Who won the show? Who had the best announcements? Why wasn't this show and then that show and blah, blah, blah? And while we still have that, especially with Nintendo Directs, uh, it's much more contained. It's like, oh, I wonder what's going to be shown at the next Nintendo Direct this year. Like, 
Are we going to get Metroid Prime 4 this year? Who the heck knows? <laughs> will we? Not know? Nintendo, no. <laughs> Why will we ever get F Zero? Keith says yes, you know that kind of thing. But nowadays, E three has become kind of a relic, you know, an, an antique of this former gaming space. Where at first it was you had to be at E three because it was the gaming show. Versus now, it's like you know you can go to E three or you can just do your own thing, like EA, like Ubisoft, like you know even Square Enix you know even Microsoft did that dumb Nintendo Direct ripoff just called it the developer <laughs> direct you monsters you can't even come up with the original name <laughs> called it a direct you idiot. so yeah it's and, and again G4 sadly failed not just because of the new space that it was in but because of the stupid leadership that they had and the, the failure to actually commit to what they made but this is kind of that along those same lines where they think oh we're going to have this revive and we're going to have this new partner with us and it's going to be great and the big three go good luck with that <laughs> i mean that's yeah. really what they said yeah but getting back to e3 is, is, is exactly what i said happened was going to happen and again the joke that you made but the presence you don't have it you know again i'll keep throwing packs out there as a good example it does so many things that e3 doesn't do you know they have the panels you got the cosplayers you got the events going on you don't have that at E3. E3, again, was more of a business-style presentation more than anything. Here are the games that we have. Here are some of the cool stuff that aren't games that we have. Okay, that is it. Get out. Goodbye. Yeah. You know, they, it's, they did not evolve. So, Or at the very least, it didn't evolve enough. And then when they did evolve, they evolved in the wrong directions, like when they did that press-only show. Because like part of the thing that made it fun was the fans. So when he took that away, that really ticked off a lot of people. I kind of hated the fans at E3 because they were it was like nearly impossible to move around. That is true. That that was a fair complaint. So like if you wanted to get swag, you had to wait like hours. Yes. But it wasn't even that. Like if you were like I was there with a couple people, we were trying to get interviews and talk to people and putting our equipment down, and literally there was nowhere to go because you were packed in such a small space. The Los Angeles Convention Center, where E3 was wasn't that big granted when i was there they were under renovation but i don't think that 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 location was was enough to do what they wanted maybe it is now but it's too late yeah i'll keep saying it's too late i don't think they're coming back from this i it's I, sad I it is sad I mean, it's, it's okay to say that because we, the last thing we want is a piece of our our lives and our gaming history to die again e3 affected me heavily because it helped me further appreciate these kinds of shows and presentations and uh talking with friends like did you see that smash brothers announcement and whatever like i remember smash brothers brawl was announced at e3 and it was like the biggest thing ever especially when they revealed snake and i, I will always remember when g4 was there and they had this rumor mill and in the rumors section was sonic is going to be smash brothers and i never even thought of that before and then the moment i read that i was obsessed I was like, oh my gosh, could you imagine if we got Sonic and Smash Brothers? And then October 10th, 2007, the same day they announced the delay for Smash Brothers Brawl, they revealed Sonic and Smash, and it was a glorious thing. Living it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day and a hard day because it's like we got Sonic, but the game was delayed for four months. Anyway, it was worth it. It was worth it. Live and learn, dang you. <laughs> but it is sad, and I, and I, I don't want to hear that E3 is going to die, but if it does, no one's going to be surprised. It went three years without a show because of the pandemic and other factors, and the other companies from Microsoft to Ubisoft 
Okay, I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that's actually clever that I never <laughs> caught that before. <laughs> they both have soft in their name. I really didn't realize that. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Microsoft to Zenimax, there you go. For Microsoft to Zenimax, you know, uh, every, oh, better, Activision to Zenimax. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say, it's from Microsoft to Microsoft. Well, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like pu- big publishers, but yeah, Activision. Activision to Zenimax, they've all done their own things. They've all, they've all adapted to not having this big E3 presence or other big shows where it's like, you have to be here. Now it's, you know, release it what you want, spread it out on the internet, get it on social media, use the influencers and the Twitch streamers when you can. Release, release a demo now. Release a demo. Oh yeah, demos are everywhere. And you know there are uh, there are other ways. There are better ways to drum up the hype. If you like, look at Hi- High Five Rush. Like that game was that was amazing. The way no one did. knew about it. <laughs> Shadow dropped it during that terribly named developer direct, and now it's like one of the biggest things out there right now because it's it was just like here. This is the trailer. You're gonna love the trailer. Here's the game. When when is it out? It's out now. Buy it already. <laughs> you can download it right now. Go. Dude! <laughs> also, you can pet the cat. Just saying. You can pet the cat. You can pet the cat. <laughs> So it's sad that this is more than likely the death blow, but it's hardly a surprising one. I mean, I guess it's a little surprising that all three are not going to be there, but it's not surprising that things are not going the way that they likely thought it would when they made the big announcement that they were coming back this year. There were already wonders about whether it could hold up in 2023 compared to like you know, even 2019. And then this happened and it's like, what are they going to have? So, yeah. Things change, ladies and gentlemen. Things change. Live and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> so. And I have no doubt, and this is just thinking of this as a businessman, there's going to be another attempt to maybe maybe not make an E3, but something like it. Something that will be a convention that is gaming-focused, that will have, you know, live streams and whatnot i mean we have the gosh dang game awards and that's an abomination in its own right and that's lasted for how many years like almost 10 now like, you mean yeah. pax no well no pax is different pax is something else that evolved into this spectacle that it is but it was never meant to be like the level of e3 but that was fine because it was pax it was the penny arcade expo and we all it was a comic book wasn't it it was a yep. comp- yeah, it was a conference yeah. turned into a video game. They turned into a video game conference. So that was a natural evolution, and they've been able to maintain their fan base as a result of that. Versus E3, which is, this, we're a spectacle. We are the biggest gaming convention in the world, and you need to watch it. Now we don't. Sadly, no. We do not need to watch it. Oh. All right. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. What do you think about everything that has been going on with E3 2023? Are you sad that it feels like it's this is the death blow that will take it out of commission forever? Are you surprised that it's going out like this? Or did you think that something like this was honestly going to happen before the show actually showed up? And what did you think? Are, are you hopeful that the Nintendo Direct is coming in the next week? Are you hoping that Detective Pikachu 2 does come out? Would you buy a Lego Zelda set? I'm just saying. And what uh, things do you want to see in the next Sonic Frontiers game, whether it's a sequel or another uh, solo entry? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Koopa Keith and Skull Kid Scott, I am Triforce Time, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag.